Welcome back to another edition of Racing It Out. We have a lot on the docket for this week. Some of it has to do with racing, I Some understand. But yeah, yes. you know, yeah. I couldn't believe when you sent the link that this is the eighth podcast. I yep. didn't think that we had gotten to that many so quickly. I'm, yeah, it might I'm, be I'm, seven. I'm pleased. I think it's the eighth. I'm pretty Close sure it's enough. the eighth. Close enough. We can go back and count them. But yeah. still, I'm 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 pleased. I've I've, I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to more. So. Yes, it's been great. So we might as well just get right into it because we sure. have three races to talk about, a bunch of adventures and a lot of topics <laughs> that have been coming up in our lives that we want to discuss because they're fairly interesting and good things to kind of, they're interesting discussions. The three races, it's the trifecta on the Memorial Day weekend in the, the United crown. States, the triple crown, what, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's Monaco, it's the Indianapolis 500, and it's the, the 600 in, in Charlotte. And I, I did not watch every second of every race. Yeah, but I did I. see a good sample of both of them. And I have probably a few likes, dislikes and questions about all of them. Would you fall in the same category? Um, so I watched all of Monaco because mm-hmm. I was just like, I was up and I was just like chilling in bed and I was like, whatever. And it was so delayed. I was like, I right. woke up at probably 10 o'clock on yesterday and was like, we were recording this on Monday. FYI. I w- woke up about 10 o'clock yesterday and was like, oh, I'll just turn it on and catch the Grand Prix. Because I, I actually checked the Instagram first because I was like, oh, is it even on? I don't want right. to try and like go and log into my TSN if it's not even on. And it was like, oh, it hadn't even started yet. And I was like, that's weird. So I log on and it, they were still literally hadn't taken the green flag. Cause it was, they were all set to go and then it's, Oh, we're going to have a little delay. And then it was another little delay. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? Because there was, there was rain in the air. And this is the difficulty sometimes with, with tracks and trying to navigate schedules and get cars out in optimal conditions. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I understand that they're, their thinking was, well, we don't want to send them out and have a big heavy deluge and have to bring everybody back in in two laps. And yeah. and I get that, but it's just, it's such a, a challenging thing. And in a location like Monaco, which you have beautifully displayed behind you, that uh, that's this, that's the-, the I want to go here list. so bad. Boy, not even I'm just like... for Monaco. It's just, I just want to go, like not just for the Grand Prix. I just want to yeah. go to Monaco. Like yeah. that whole coast- between like like Nice and Monaco, mm-hmm. I just want to go there so bad. It's like yeah. first thing I want to do. The race, the race itself is never yeah. the best race of the year because it's the cars have long since outgrown the track. But mm-hmm. just it's it's the event. It's not necessarily you're going to oh it's going to be the greatest race of the season. It's the event. It's the tradition. It's all of the 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 hype that goes on around it. Much like the other races mm-hmm. over the the Memorial Day weekend. Well, as even well. Charles Leclerc who this is his home home track. He grew mm-hmm. up in Monaco was like F1 isn't F1 without the Monaco Grand Prix. It's not. And that's the tricky part because as we said, the, the, the cars are far mm-hmm. too fast and yeah. difficult to navigate through these tiny little streets. But how do you, how do you take that out of the formula one schedule? I mean, yeah. you've got lots of other races where you get, you know, tens of millions of dollars in sanctioning fees and all the rest. But yet, you have to have some of the glamour, some of the, some of the, the, mm-hmm. the, the Ritz, and- the Ritz, and 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 stuff. But you, you, 
you're in the entertainment business. Yeah. And that's, that's sometimes what racing people forget is you are mm -hmm. in the entertainment business. And if you are not providing a product that they want to see, they'll get the satisfaction from yeah. something else. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're not selling TV spots, if you're not selling prime time, if you're not selling tickets, if you're not selling merch, if you're not hitting all of these marks that you have to hit in order to be considered entertainment because it's sports and entertainment they're literally in the same folder at the end of the day you are watching a form of a show it's right. it's it's like it's reality tv on steroids <laughs> it's not scripted in any way it's like here you go so it's yes and it's one of the things i love about working in sports and that's what drew me to want to be in working in sports is you're watching history happen as it happens so it's like exactly you're watching right. Mon the Monaco Grand Prix as it happens. And like you're living these historic events as it happens without being in like crazy environments. Live drama playing out right in front exactly. of you in real time. There is, there is nothing more satisfying than that. And that's one of the reasons that I love the Indianapolis 500. It's mm -hmm. because of the, the buildup and the hype oh, and the yeah. excitement. And it's, it, you because I've been there a few times, I feel it differently now than I did really? prior to going because it's it's a different experience after you've actually been. And mm -hmm. again, the background photo for me, when you're standing on the front straightaway near those yard of bricks, when you have these giant grandstands surrounding you, it is it's an unbelievable, overwhelming kind of feeling mm -hmm. and, and not in a bad way, because well, I, can, I know that, that can induce anxiety in some Well, people. that's how I feel about the 500 Daytona. Yeah. It's like yeah. walking, just like coming out of the tunnels into that track and seeing the grandstands. You're like, right. The, you're like taken aback by just like the grandness of it. Exactly. And it's just like, and then like, especially having, and like it being like the, like Daytona, Indianapolis, the history mm -hmm. behind those places and the traditions that come along with it and the prestige of it. It's like, this is history. This exactly. is, and like, you feel a part of it. And that's like, that's, what's so amazing. What I love about them. So it's, my question, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I, I, was, gonna, I was just, I just, I, you, you expressed it very well. That was, mm -hmm. you're, you're right. You just, you, you don't just see it and hear it. You feel it. And that's, yeah. it's the emotion. Yeah. It's like, that's why I love going to Daytona every year. Cause it's like, it gets me in the, it gets me, you know, like I get to the end of a race season and I'm very like burnt out and I'm like, all right, like I still love racing, but it's like it, I'm like, it, it becomes very just black and white for me after a point, but then I go to Daytona to start my season and I'm like, here, here we, we are, go. here's racing. I feel it. I feel it in like my bones, the mm -hmm. cars and like the fans and just everything that made me fall in love with racing and i'm yep. like yep it's there i still love it let's do another season yeah that's and it's right just like and like i need that little like injection of it into my veins every once in a while and it's like and i get it with pinties and i get it like everywhere it's just like those amazing moments like sunset watching trayton win his first i'm like oh man that's like it's such a great like feeling to like watch wonderful this. yeah it's like and it and, like it, it gives me that rejuvenation and that like little bit of like top up of like that feeling of like man this is why I want it or like when fans and like people in the garage are just like so amazing I'm like or like I have like really cool interactions with the drivers and I'm like man mm -hmm. like 
you guys are the reason why I love my job. Like you're exactly right. That's you. You're, you're telling the story very, mm-hmm. very nicely. You're right. And it's just, you just, you feel it. You're rejuvenated. It's okay to, to step away from it for a while mm-hmm. during the off season. It's just, okay. I'll just, yeah. you know, I know it's there and I'll, I'll go back to it when I'm, when I'm ready, I'm, I need yeah. a little break sometimes and that's understandable, but it's just, it's the, it's the live drama. It's the entertainment. And yeah, you mm-hmm. are in the, the entertainment business and the Indy 500 had a, had a good finish dash to the dash to the finish late mm-hmm. red flag which some people didn't like i think it's fine um they 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 got the cars going again it was great marcus erickson mm-hmm. terrific to to have oh, him yeah. come up as a winner the 600 on sunday night well it was the 24 hours of charlotte pretty much the way this <laughs> it was five hours 13 minutes and eight seconds was the duration of the race which is an abomination there is no way anybody is hanging in for that no. it's ridiculous no you are it's in the entertainment business give people a product that they can digest and consume in a reasonable mm-hmm. amount of time now again the 600 it's the longest race of the year so you allow for that and you understand that and it's on yeah a you train weekend. for it and you prep for it and it's like okay yeah we're gonna have it on a day where everyone like you said a holiday weekend yes. like they're making sure the requirements to make it digestible mm-hmm. are there but i'm interested to see what the broadcast numbers are and if there is a fall yes. off with how long it was. I, I I don't understand how there couldn't be after mm-hmm. taking that long to run to run the race. It's just it's it, it's too much. There, you would mm-hmm. you, you would have been able to look around and see, oh yeah, people are leaving. And mm-hmm. that's unfortunately what, well what time did it end at? I, I don't even know. I didn't stay for the end. It was still they were still trucking along after about eleven fifteen or eleven thirty. And it's like I'm I can't hang I'm not hanging in for this. It's too no. it's too much for me. So I found out that Denny Hamlin won the next morning. I found out Denny Hamlin won because I I only watched the start of it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like six hundred starting. So I watched the start of it and like the first maybe like 20 30 laps and I was like, okay, like I, I have stuff to do. I had a very busy day yesterday, which we'll yeah. get into. But um, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I got other stuff going on. And, and again, it kind of goes back to the, you know, like when racing's your life, it's like, you don't want to spend every single weekend you have off watching racing, but like this, this weekend, the Memorial day weekend is like a special event. Yes. And it's like, hadn't I ha- had, I not had other stuff going on that weekend, I would have probably gone to a friend's house and watched it because it is one of those weekends where it's like, all right, you put some burgers on the burby. Right. It's a, it's a one of the first friends. weekends of summer, mm-hmm. good chance weather's finally starting to get better in, in Canada and stuff like that. So it's yeah. just, it's, you're right. It's, it's one of those weekends, but just even though, and I know not every race is 600 miles, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's too much. It's just too much. Yeah. And it's, it shouldn't take I don't think uh, I've, that long. I think I've only watched one 600 to completion. And that was like my first one in like 2018 that I watched all mm-hmm. the way through and I just haven't been able to because it's like especially if you watch all three it's like after a while it's like okay I've watched Monaco and Indy and like those ones that are like re- I don't want to say really prestigious but like out of the three the 600 to me is the least prestigious right it's the least like in my mind like the Indy and Monaco is Daytona 500 sure, I don't absolutely. I don't pin it in with the 600 it is the triple crown mm-hmm. it has that nostalgia and that like like marketing of it but in terms of prestige i don't consider it in the same like 
category as if you Monaco have, and Indy. If you have three diamonds, there is going to be one that isn't quite as bright or lustrous as the others. And that exactly. would be the, the 600 of the of the three. And it's just, you're right. You have, there are other things in, in life and stuff that people mm -hmm. uh, need to do. So, and well, one of, one of those things was, and it, I was happy that it, they were able to reschedule it and it happened, is the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame yes. induction ceremony finally got to finally. happen. We got to induct the 2020 and 2021 classes. And I'm, I'm so happy that all those, all those worthy honorees were able to get their recognition, pick up their medals and, and we got to celebrate. And did you feel, cause Caitlin went and, I and, and I was there too. And we, it oh, he was wasn't just, just there. He was the freaking MC. I didn't tell anybody that before, but, I, and I did it on purpose. Cause I, and I, I, cause I know a number of those that were being inducted and I wanted to surprise them. And it just, right. that uh, it's like, you know, I, I get to be the MC and that was my, my joy in the, in the mm -hmm. part of it. So, but it was just, it was nice to see people that you maybe haven't seen for a while that have the common racing thread, like we do with this racing it out podcast and just mm -hmm have conversations and catch up a little bit. And let's just, I haven't seen you for a while and what's new. And it's just, it's another step towards returning back to our normally regularly scheduled yeah. lives, if you will. Exactly. hundred percent agree. And for me, it was interesting because it's, I came into racing in 2016. No, 13 way off. Sorry. Came into racing in 2013 in like grade 11. And I missed a lot of this like historic racing and like what cast car was and mm -hmm. what, you know, early Pinties and like Canadian tire series was. And for me, it's like, I got, I learned a lot about just like who the people are in Canadian racing. Cause it's like, I didn't realize how like large it was. And it's like, there was like what, two or three inductees from the East coast. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yes. Oh wow. Like there's this whole area. I knew there was like a couple tracks in New Brunswick. Cause like my whole family's from New Brunswick. I knew there was a couple tracks out there. And I like, obviously there's a few in Nova Scotia. And I think there's one in, might be one in PEI. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but like, I knew there was racing out there, but I didn't think it was as large as it was. And it's like, Oh wow. This East coast has brought three, Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame inductees this in two yes. years. So it's like, and then like learning about a lot of people. And it was like, I was shocked to see how many inductees had Pinty's ties. I was like, yes. whoa, I didn't realize this person raced in Pinty's, or I didn't realize this person, um, like, uh, I can't, I can't remember how to pronounce her name, but, um, Anne Ra. Anne Wa. Anne Wa. Um, her used to, used to be PR for Tagliani and LP and all this stuff. I had no idea Maggie used to be work with tags in Indy. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just learned so much. And I was like, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. It was just so cool to like learn all these things about, you know, people names I've heard and all this stuff and like kind of finally put the pieces together of like how, like how things were back in the day when it was cast car and Canadian tire. And just, it was, it felt very different than what I see working for NASCAR it mm -hmm. was like, I felt like I went from like NASCAR to like being in motorsports, like Canadian motorsports. Like they feel like two very distinct industries sometimes. The Canadian motorsport industry is a lot bigger than 
just NASCAR and mm-hmm. just the Pinty series. Now they play a substantial role and rightfully mm-hmm. so it's the, uh, the national touring series, but there, there's, there is a long history of, of great Canadians who have been involved in motorsports, not just in Canada, but internationally have had success in a variety of disciplines. Mm-hmm. Natalie Richard is another one who was uh, yes. uh, very successful in, in rallies and, uh, and, and who, uh, I, uh, who I love. And she's just, she's such a wonderful person and, got to know her and I have had so many drivers tell me that they learned so much from her about how to uh, present themselves in an interview and present themselves to the media and the one the one that we always laugh about and joke about is no sunglasses never wear sunglasses <laughs> but it was just because she said she will tell you it's a, the eyes are the key you have to be yeah. able to see and look and, and into someone's eyes and it's just but but little things like that but yeah. there there are so many I, and you mentioned cascar before too and unfortunately he couldn't make it but kevin dowler mm-hmm. in 2002 when cascar ran as part of the indy in toronto relegated to a backup car, started tail end of the field and ran through the field and scored the win. It was an unbelievable race event. And if I do recall, it was a pretty good smoke show and burnouts afterwards and deservedly so. Yeah, 100%. Those are, those are good stories. Yeah, and, and stuff I love the to one, share. I can't remember who it was, but he used to be the photographer for Jill Villeneuve. And Alan Delaplante. Yes, and he was telling the story about how Jill was driving up the DVP in Toronto, getting to their hotel, I believe. And just this hilarious story. I don't want to like reenact it. If you guys haven't seen the induction ceremony, go watch it. It's supposed to be up on um, the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame website. Um, So go again, go take a look. It was a hilarious story of just them driving with Jill Villeneuve in downtown Toronto. And it was, sounds like it, it was an adventure, it seems. Well, and there was, we we didn't mention it, uh, but we should, we can do it now is Mm -hmm. a a good piece of uh, advice in terms of personal safety. Never get in a rental car with a race car driver. Oh God. Never, ever, ever. That is a definite mistake. Do not do that. They will race anything, especially if there are two of them in different cars, you are oh God. buckle in helmet on oh. because they will be racing each other. I, okay. So a lot of my friends are like racer in some regard, whether they've like go-karting or like open mm-hmm. wheel or whatever. I think it was Flamborough last year. They were racing each other to the freaking restaurant and I'm yes. behind and my, I wasn't in the car. It was three different cars or four different cars, including me. And they're racing each other and I'm trying to keep up. I'm like taking these really sharp turns. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, yeah, it's raining. Yeah, they don't care. No. I was, I, this was many years ago. Um, I was playing golf and we were in golf carts and we nearly went over. So it, it, it doesn't matter if it's a motorized vehicle Never mind. Doesn't matter. Don't do it. But that's Gosh. that's fun. Now we I, I want to get to this this uh, one point about um, Saturday and the induction ceremony mm-hmm. because you sent me a text a couple of days before, and said, <laughs> so like what's the the dress code for this thing? I'm not sure exactly. What I know nothing about fashion. Anything. <laughs> I have clothes. I know nothing. It's like like to the point where I'm getting a stylist because I, it's that bad. Oh come I on, need, really? Yeah, I have no 
no idea how to put an outfit together. No idea. Like, like sometimes like I'll try something. I'm like, this looks fantastic. And I have those and then I'll wear it a bunch. Yeah. And then I just get bored of it. Or I like my style changes a little bit. So it's like, like there's some things it's like my 2019 gala dress for the award ceremony in Charlotte was one of those like examples of like, I tried something on that was like, not my style. And it just looked amazing. Right. And it's like, but it's like, I never, I don't know what my styles are. So it's like, I need, I need help. So I'm of two minds of this. And I, I I mean, I understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. but at the same time, if you see something and you like it, shouldn't you just wear it? I mean, I, well, I'm, I'm wearing this lime green thing Mm -hmm. right now. I, I like bright colors and I I like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, so I'm, I'm okay with that, Mm -hmm. but, and I understand that there's times that you do have to have a certain amount of, you know, uh, level of uh, of dress and stuff mm-hmm. and it was we decided that business casual was kind of the thing and well which is see good here's because the part that's what that I was, confused that's what I was told me. about the day later so yeah <laughs> Joel texted me yeah and was like I expect to see you in a gown and I'm like okay now I'm confused because I was thinking business casual I'm like okay it's whatever oh he's just hassling you that's what I figured <laughs> yeah. but I'm like but I go and there's still girl there were girls there in yeah. like very nice dresses like gala I wouldn't mm-hmm. say gala dresses but like night like very nice like formal dresses and I'm like okay so I could have dressed up a little bit more than this and it's like would have been nice too because like we spent two years in a pandemic and I haven't worn any of my good. nice dresses you so yeah you know, I, I, I'm not saying I didn't look good I'm just saying yeah. I was like oh man I could have worn my sparkly dress as opposed well, to my plain black dress but that but isn't that it's like you should you know you it's I guess the the other thing too is the, the there's a rule of thumb is that you know it's better to be overdressed than underdressed that's so a, okay that's another interesting point because I was having yeah. this conversation with my partner because we're going to a wedding in August right and I have a dress picked out right and I'm like weddings are a completely different ballpark because it's like you there is like a much more like unspoken dress code when it comes to weddings where it's like you don't wear white you don't wear red you don't typically wear black you don't want to upshow the bride oh la, la, la. so i'm like i have this dress and it's pink and it's got like like it's got like it's very pretty and i love yeah. this dress yeah and i wore it where? as a bridesmaid and i'm going to but it was an interesting conversation i had with my my partner where he was like he was like but you'll still look cool so it's like if you if you overdress for this wedding Mm-hmm. still gonna look cool no one's gonna look at you and be like oh like why is she dressed up they're gonna be like oh man look she looks so pretty like she's yeah dressed up it, if so you it's... showed up in you know a you know crappy ripped pair of shorts and a mm-hmm. ripped t-shirt or something somebody's gonna notice that but if you if you if you're a little overdressed per se yeah. everybody's gonna say oh wow she looks great yeah so that's so i think that's my fear in it is like the way to air yeah so it's like it's interesting that it's like you also say that it's like it's the way the air is to overdress than underdress but mm-hmm. for me it's like because it's a wedding i'm like there is that like thing in my mind that it's like oh you're not supposed to overdress uh, at a wedding i think a lot of those rules are falling away though really that, well okay you're not going to wear the big white poofy dress that oh, the bride God, no. is wearing no so but beyond that I mean, I don't care if it's red. I don't care if it's black or whatever. Right. If it looks good and you're happy with it and you like it, wear it. It doesn't, yeah. that's not going to bother me. Yeah, makes sense. But I well, mean, there you go. I feel like there's also the the male versus female debate in terms of weddings of like where men don't typically care as much where women are like, oh, I wouldn't yeah. want someone to wear this at my wedding. So right. I'm not going to wear it at their wedding. Right. So it's like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like girls have been kind of taught since they were kids. like this is how weddings are 
Because like yes. I remember it's like you don't dress a specific way at a wedding. Right. So this whole male female dynamic and figuring out which which way to go with stuff is a little complicated. And yeah. Stuff. And I know because you had another issue this this weekend, which was bed shopping. Oh my God. <laughs> That's Why a complicated thing though. Bed shopping so hard. It is a complicated thing because sleeping in the same bed with someone else brings up again different dynamics that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's comfort level, some like firm mattress, some like soft and cushy, mm -hmm. some like like my thing, I don't like the super thick pillowy top on uh on mattresses. Not really? my favorite thing. I like a nice firm mattress, not like a sheet of plywood, but like firm mattress. Okay, interesting. So these these are these are the kinds of things that you need to to deal with. Yeah, for us it was so we've had a coil mattress for the last two years, and it yeah. it, it needs to be replaced regardless. Um, but we went and tried a foam mattress, and I loved it. I was yeah. like, I have really bad back problems, and. It was like, I always end up in pain or like a tweaked hip or like shoulder or neck or something at least once a week. I right. kid you not, I laid down on this mattress and I felt my entire back just relax. And I was like, I want it. Can you just like buy it now and take me home in it? <laughs> and it was like, I'm like, so that's the one thing we were like, okay, now we've learned we want a foam mattress. Right. So it's the one thing we learned yesterday but this, was we bought a foam mattress. But this is the, everyone talks about everything going to online shopping and stuff. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you buy a bed mm -hmm. online? I mean, I don't understand people. Yeah. Oh yeah. They sent me yeah. a box of bed and I just, you know, cut the cardboard and popped up and popped that's it what, up. But how do you know I'm, you're I'm not like sleeping it? on something like that. Yeah. I want, I got to try it out first. Oh, hundred percent. That's how we feel. So it's like, we were, at, we went to a sleep country because we're like, okay, well, let's go and like check out beds like where, where do you go find beds it's like okay there's ikea has mattresses the brick and like leon's but like where i live in downtown toronto there are not really that many around and then sleep country i'm like oh there's a sleep country down the street let's go and check out a sleep country so we went there and they had like a casper mattress a purple yeah. mattress and like the bed in a box mattresses and we were talking to him and he's like they are cheaper but you're they're still on like the mid-tier price range where you're most likely you're paying for the gimmick if it's a bed in a box. Sure. But another interesting thing we were talking about last night was we live on the third floor of a tiny Toronto house. Is any other kind of mattress going to get up the stairs? Without for, a crane. Without yeah. a crane, because we're also <laughs> getting a king. So. Oh yeah, that you're so right. We might have to go a bed in a box. Logistics logistics will yeah. dictate your your choice. That's, yeah. So uh, we are actually kind of leaning more towards a bed in the box. But one thing I realized today is. Casper, which is a bed in the box company, which Casper, if you want us to sponsor us, that'd be great. Because I need send us a bed. Yeah. Um, they have a store in downtown Toronto where you can go and try out all their beds. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I know back when they like it first started because Casper is like the first company I remember being like this bed in a box company, but now there's like five or six, and the market's yes. really saturated. But when they first started, it was figure out like they had a whole quiz and like what bed is right for you and you can buy it and like try it for 90 days. And if it doesn't work, you can send it back and we'll send you a new one and like keep trying until you find a new one and find the one you want. Bed of the week. Bed of <laughs> <laughs> like try a different bed every single day. But now, but, uh, but how do you send it back? Do you got to put it back into the box to send it oh, back? Probably not. Well, I don't know. These are questions I want to answer like before. I think it, I can't remember because this was back like five years ago when they like had first started, like when I, like 2017, um, 
if it, like you'd have to like suction the air out of it like that it's like so. ripping open a life raft you know yeah. the thing expands to 50 times its its usual size yep. and like you, i'm not getting that back in a box like no, no, you no way send it back sure we'll take it but you got to get it in the box yeah it's like you have to come up to my room and figure out how to get it in the box and then take it downstairs because <laughs> i'm not doing that again but so we're, we're probably actually going to go and check out casper at some point and like see because it does seem to be the best we asked him about like ikea mattresses and he's like i hear they're the worst mattresses um so it's like there's just so many different ones out there yeah. it's like the market is just so saturated and that's only part of the problem and we're pretty sure it's not even the problem we are 90 percent sure it is our bed frame <laughs> <laughs> so it's Great. like so we went and we were like flipping around in all these beds and every single one was shaking and we're like this is causing the problem but then we found this one it was a tempurpedic bed frame it was a king size and it was two twin extra longs because this was an idea we had discussed of what if we just get two twin extra long mattresses and we each get the pick right and then we just put it in a king bed frame right but we were like every bed frame we were on it kept moving but this one bed frame didn't move it was the one bed we tried at sleep country that we didn't feel the other person shift at all and it was like, what is it about this bed that is making it not sh shake and us not feel anything? So we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> We're still trying to figure it out. Put it on the floor also solves the problem. The mattress on the floor? Sure. You know, nothing's, you know, but the I floor's heard not going to shake. But I heard that deteriorates the mattress faster. I don't know. See, this is what I mean. <laughs> There's so bed is many a variables. Thing. Yeah, it's a complicated thing. Oh, adulting is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like you just have to figure you like you find the perfect bed and then you look at the price tag and you're like i need another mortgage yes that's yeah. the that's kind of well that's way. another problem too it's like if we do twin two twin extra longs it's like we're paying for basically two mattresses two beds yes yeah so it's like oh right. instead of spending a thousand dollars on one king mattress we're spending almost two thousand dollars on two twin extra longs and it's just so like Hit us on our social channels if you have solutions for uh, Caitlin's bed oh my God. Insta or Twitter, uh, racing it out. Um, please give her some I need help. advice. Anyone okay. that's been through this, it's like, please, I need help because there's just so many opinions on this. It's ridiculous. Before we wrap up this week, I want to ask you about, because we haven't talked about food yet. We no, we always have to talk about food. So you... You were telling me just before we got on, I said, I oh, don't, don't say too much because let, let's talk about it in the podcast. Mm -hmm. You are making sweet tea making your own sweet tea i love sweet tea the only place i can find to get like good sweet tea anywhere is at like chick-fil-a in downtown in here in canada yeah. so i was like screw it it's like it's that time of year where it's like i like that cool refreshing and i love tea to begin with so i was like i'm gonna look up a recipe to make my own sweet tea and I, i'm tweaking it a little bit i'm trying to figure it out because it's like okay what's the you basically what you do is you boil black tea yeah. And mix it in with the water and then you leave it and like you, you let it like soak for like with the tea bags in for a while and like really get that tea flavor in there. And then you pour it into whatever jug jar you're using and then you top it with water. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like trying to learn that balance of like how much water to the tea base and all that stuff. Right. So I did two batches or I did one batch that I split into two parts. And the second one had was a much smaller container with more like of the base in it, but so less water. And that was like, so close to being perfect it was like amazing but yes i'm making my own sweet tea it's anytime i have an off week i'm like okay i'm gonna go do an all my all my food projects so it's like my next one on my dock is like i want to make homemade focaccia 
and like oh yeah love and like my summer my summer rolls and stuff too with like the vermicelli noodles and like tofu and stuff like that so it's like i'm in my cooking phase of the summer i'm gonna skip right over the tofu and go back to the uh the the sweet tea now so you you add sugar to uh this concoction right i (laughs) this is so funny and and you like you drink tea as well yes i uh, love hot tea. tea yeah i never drink tea never do not care for it my mom will ask me to this day or they're just like you know do you want tea no i'm you know i'm you've known me my whole life i never drink tea (laughs) but love good iced tea uh, I personally prefer the unsweetened though. This okay. love the the brewed tea, just the really natural flavor, but but cold. I don't need the the sugar in it because it's some it's usually too sweet. Okay, <laughs> but it, which is it's funny, but cold tea, but we'll never drink hot tea. Boil the boil the kettle, make a cup of tea, kind of thing. So, mm. but I love good iced tea. Is just sometimes it is so just absolutely the perfect refresher, especially after mm-hmm. like a long day at the racetrack. I have oh stopped on, you know, if you have a drive of an hour or two uh, back, I will stop and get a gigantic container of iced tea and just drink that until I'm back. And I feel refreshed and rehydrated. after. When, when I was in high school, I used to be obsessed with Arizona iced tea, like the Arizona Love green the tea iced tea. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But then I, as I became like an adult, I was like, oh, I find this a little too sugary. And then I started going into sweet tea and I was like, oh man, like this is really nice and like stuff like that. And it's, I find it less sweet most of the time than like the Arizona stuff. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. And have you... the funny, the funny part is when I have tea, I don't put anything in it. No sugar. Like I just drink the tea, no sugar, no milk, no nothing. It's just the tea. I always have my teas black. Have you tried or do you enjoy the Arnold Palmer, which is half iced tea, half lemonade? I've had it before. I can't remember if I like it. I do like when I, I like, like go out to restaurants and stuff, they're like, like here in Canada. And I'm like, oh, can I get an iced tea? Cause like we yeah. here in Canada, it's like our iced teas are like pop. They're not iced teas. Um, I like the brisks and the nest teas and like the lemon and stuff like that, but I haven't, I want to try. That's another thing that's on my list is making homemade lemonade. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll have to try and actually make the, or at, make an actual Arnold Palmer. Yes. With half tea, half, uh, half lemonade. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying that with, uh, beers now too, that have, oh. uh, uh, fruit juice, like grapefruit, like Rattlers and stuff, or there's a, there's a summer shandy that's uh, available in the U S I haven't ever found it in, in Canada. It's called, uh, from, uh, line and Kugel, which okay. is in, um, um, like Minnesota, Wisconsin area. It's kind of a lemonade and beer. It's fantastic. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I always, anytime I have a beer, I typically go for the fruity. So I feel like I'd be able to like that as well. Yeah, but, top notch. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've had our food discussion. We've yes. talked about racing. We've talked about bed purchases. I think we're, uh, I think we're, oh, there's one thing left, of course. This episode and every other episode of Racing It Out with Todd and Caitlin represents the views, ideas, and opinions of them and not anyone that they may currently work with, work for, be remotely associated with in any sort of business capacity. It's all us. It's not them. How's that? Beautiful. Love it. (laughs) Why do we need someone to record it when we can just say it every single week and it's unique every time? All right, we'll keep it. So Beautiful. we'll be looking for the bed recommendations via yes. social channels. All the right, bed thanks. recommendations. And honestly, if anyone else has any food projects that I can take, I'll do them because 
I love my food projects. They're always great. My winter food project last year was macarons. So. All right. All righty. Thanks for a great episode. I enjoyed it. Yes. We'll do this uh, again in a few days and uh, mm-hmm. no doubt have more food tales. Oh, I hope so. Because next race is Chaudier and driving through Quebec for that one. And I'm stopping at a St. Hubert. You <laughs> bet I am. 